Hi, this is Janet Lansbury, and welcome to Unruffled. This week, I'll be responding to a letter from a mother of infant twins who is worried that she might not be engaging enough with one of them. Here's the note. Hi, Janet. I'm a first-time mother to twins and was fortunate to run across Magda Gerber's book, Your Self-Confident Baby, when they were just born. I've been putting many of the rye practices into place with my children since they came home from the hospital, which has resulted in two babies that spend most of their days happily playing independently on the floor. When I'm with them during playtime, I'm on the floor observing and being with them. They are now nine months old, and I have a few questions related to letting them focus uninterrupted versus engaging and, quote, sportscasting. My daughter has been a patient-focused child since birth and can spend an hour examining all the details of a single object or light coming through the window. She is content playing by herself and rarely looks up to check in with me. Her brother, on the other hand, also loves to play independently on the floor, but he moves from object to object to object, stopping to look up at me as if he's saying, Hey mom, did you see what I just did? He rolls over to me, grabs towards my hands and face, smiles, and looks right at me to babble before moving on to the next thing. Because of their different behavior and needs, I find myself spending much more time talking with and directly interacting with my son during playtime. I try to respect my daughter's focus and not interrupt her. When we diaper, bathe, or bottle, I give one-on-one attention to each child as much as I can though I must admit my eyes sometimes drift to the other twin to see what he or she is doing too. It can feel like I'm favoring my son or giving him more attention, but really I'm trying to tune in to what they each need, and my daughter keeps communicating to me that she wants to be in her own world during play. I've tried sports casting to her. It looks like you really are interested in that ball. You are passing it from your left hand to your right hand and putting it in your mouth. But she doesn't look up. She keeps her focus on the object. I feel like I'm unnecessarily distracting her in an attempt to engage. Sometimes I will completely interrupt her to talk close and give her kisses, which always makes her smile and laugh. But I know it's for my benefit to not feel guilty about being fair with my attention to both children. And she had been perfectly content before I made the move to engage. I know that there are different people with different needs. But since they're the same age and spend most of their time playing in the same room, it's hard not to notice the big differences in how we interact. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this situation. Should I change the way I'm playing and engaging now? How will this affect our relationship as they grow up and are able to verbally express their needs? Thank you for reading my letter. Okay, so uh, I want to start by explaining why I chose this letter. At first, when I was reading it, it seemed way too specific to this parent situation to be uh, an interesting topic to, to share as a podcast for my listeners. But then I realized that this is actually an issue that I get asked about a lot, this um, doubt and concern that our child, who is very uh, adept at their independent play and very focused, might not be getting enough of our attention. Can we really trust our child? Can we really trust a baby to let us know what what she needs? Or do we need to kind of, I don't want to say force, but uh, I can't think of another word right now, 
do we want to be the one to make sure that they're getting the engagement from us? I love this mother's observation skills. She's very attuned. She's very respectful of her children. I love the the trust that she has in them and the way that she's uh, been able to implement Magda Gerber's wonderful book, Your Self-Confident Baby, which I highly recommend to anyone. So she's enjoying the wonderful result of believing in her babies, believing them capable of occupying themselves and capable of communicating to her their needs. And it's so interesting when you have twins or when you have more than one child uh, that are of the same sex or, you know, just more than one child. It's always so interesting to see the different temperaments and to see these things that children bring into the world, these interests and talents, really. I mean, so she's got one child who is a very social guy, it sounds like, and he's got some gifts in that direction, probably a lot of other gifts as well. She's got a daughter who is very focused, focused like a baby scientist and a wonderful learner. And wow, the attention span um, is incredible. And she's learning all these details. You know, the more time children spend on one object mastering it, they're really getting some very in-depth learning there. You know, these children already are learning how to learn. They're honing their innate learning skills. And this is going to serve them very well as they grow. And, you know, if they go to school or start learning in a more formal way in kindergarten or first grade, then this will definitely serve them well, that they have these abilities and this mother is nurturing them and fostering them. So there's a lot of great things going on here. Is it enough to pay attention and be with a child, giving your presence, your full attention? Is that enough during playtime? Well, Magda Gerber believed, and I've seen this myself and I strongly believe it, that yes, it is. Children feel your presence. They feel when you are interested in what they're doing. They don't need you to talk to them, to prove to them that you are there, that you love them, that you're interested in what they're doing. They will feel your presence. Now, if you've got your phone in your hand, they're going to feel that too. I believe children know that even if we're pushing them in a stroller or walking around with them, they know the difference between having our full attention and having us give them divided attention or, you know, just a little bit of our attention. Multitasking. So with that in mind, from there, during play, the best way is what this mother is doing. Except I would love to give her even more encouragement that she doesn't need to interrupt her daughter. Her daughter knows when she has her attention. And with two children, of course, your attention is going to be split between them. But it's still important to give your full attention. And you might even take turns. You're looking at him for a while, and you're looking at her for a while and watching what she's doing. And you're going to learn about both of them, continue to learn. This mother's already learned a lot because of her observation skills that she's practicing. When they look to her, That's when we know that that's the perfect time to give it to them. They don't need it unless they ask. And, you know, when we give it, we give it responsively, not like, oh, that's wonderful. Let me show you this thing over here. But really, you know, responding is this mother, you know, she feels like he he was asking, um, wait, how did she put it? Let me look at the note again. 
She feels like he's asking, hey, mom, did you see what I just did? And I think that's probably exactly right. Did you see that? And then we can give a very attuned, intimate response like, wow, I saw that. You were you were using that. You know, we don't have to make a big, in fact, I think it's better not to make a big hoopla like, oh, yes, you did this, you know, but really that intimate eye contact connection to people that know each other really well. And, you know, you've seen what he's working on. And then you could say, yeah, I saw the way that ball moved when you touched it. Whatever has just happened, you can be pretty sure that that's what he's sharing with you, communicating to you. And this is his style. This is his way of doing it. It's, it's lovely. Now, what you can do to feel more like you are definitely giving your children enough is this other part of Magda Gerber's recommendation, which I found just so helpful. And I've talked about this before and written a lot about it. This idea that caregiving activities, which we all participate in with babies several times a day, Caregiving activities are the gold for engagement. These are times to take full advantage of. Again, putting down our phones, letting go of all other distractions. With two children, you know, this mother says she is tempted to check on the other child. I would really ideally set up your environment in such a safe way for both children together, but then each child separately. You know, have it gated off, have it 100% safe so that you aren't tempted that you need to go see what the other one's doing. And then I would really try just like, just like we might be tempted to check our phones and, you know, be tempted to do other things, you know, answer the phone that's ringing. Really try to let go of that so that you can be with each of them all the way during these times. Now, will it always work perfectly? No, definitely not. But I would at least have that be your goal, that you're going to give full attention during those caregiving times, which is feeding, diapering, bedtime rituals, you know, the bath. Of course, you're going to probably have both of them in the bath. That's fine. But having those separate times when you're just with one as much as possible, you know, with twins, it's not always going to be possible. But whenever you can, seize the moment And that would be the time that I would have this different kind of intimacy with the baby, using that time to engage with her, to initiate engagement rather than just responsively engage, to have little, you know, rituals with each child that are a little different because they have a different, you have a different rhythm with each child. And, you know, you'll have your little in-jokes and your little, aha, you're doing that again. Very interesting. But I actually need you to put your hand in this hole. And here it is. Can you do that? So you'll have those moments together and they'll be different with each one. You know, these aren't dead serious moments. This is a time for liveliness, for fun, for, you know, sharing our personality with each child and having that kind of very warm and it's not always going to go smoothly and that's okay too because we really bond when it's not going smoothly and we can say whoa this is so difficult today you want to do this and I want to do it this way and hmm maybe we can compromise this way and sometimes we can't you know I've got to hold you down when you really don't want me to do that while I'm wiping you I'm sorry you know yeah you're not liking that at all not getting flustered with it expecting it embracing it in a manner that will only build on your intimacy rather than 
you know, take you out of it. And we do that by still showing that we're the leader and that we're going to take care of our child. You know, they can't take care of themselves. They need us to be that leader. We're still going to take care of our child, but we're going to accept and acknowledge that they want to do it a different way. And that's okay. We can be in that, in these moments of disagreement with each other, these moments of conflict. And it's got to be okay with us that our child isn't happy with everything that, that we need to do as the leader seeing the big picture. You know, we're the ones that have to take care of diaper rash and making sure that our child is healthy and, you know, safe and all of those things. So in regard to this mother's question that she's asking me, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this situation. Should I change the way I'm playing and engaging now? No, I would say trust your daughter even more. It feels like that's your inclination, but maybe you just need this extra boost of confidence. And I would like to help give that to you. How will this affect our relationship as they grow up and are able to verbally express their needs? Well, your relationship will continue to grow in intimacy and your children will continue to feel that you know them, that you understand them, that you want to understand them even more, that you accept them as they are. You are comfortable with who they both are and you want to connect with them as is. I think, I mean, for me, that's a relationship I want with my loved ones, especially my parents. That kind of trust and that kind of confidence building encouragement. Now, the rest of this, the relationship and how they are able to verbally express their needs and all of that, that's all the wonderful mystery of being a parent, that we get to enjoy this journey and all its surprises. And there will be many, many, you know, the way that your son develops his uh, interest in engaging with you and the relationship that builds between you two and your daughter and the way that she likes to engage with you and the way she likes to feel you appreciating her as she explores in depth. These things are all going to look different at each stage of their development, a little bit different, you know, the way that they evolve. And that's the exciting part of this. And I love that this mother's already set up her life to enjoy her children and trust them. So I hope that helps. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Please check out some of my other podcasts. And I have lots and lots of articles about things I discussed today on my website, JanetLansbury.com. And again, both of my books are available on audio at Audible and paperback at Amazon and ebook at Amazon, Barnes & Noble and Apple.com. We can do this.